It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Help support local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tough day. Tough day to be a Bengals fan. I'm Jake Lisko. James Rapine will be joining me momentarily to discuss the Bengals' 27-3 loss in Baltimore. Really the worst this offense has looked all season long. And on the other side of the coin, pretty good game for the defense. We're going to get into what happened, the major takeaways from this game to start the show before James joins me. And we finish up our normal Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening game recap. You can talk about insult. You can talk about injury. Nothing went right for the Bengals this Sunday in Baltimore, except containing Lamar Jackson. If we want to have any positive takeaways from the game, it's that Lamar Jackson only had two rushes for three yards. He threw at least three should have been interceptions to the Bengals rookie linebackers, Akeem Davis-Gaither and Logan Wilson, but unfortunately the Bengals only came away with one of those, a game that the defense really, after the first couple quarters of play, did enough to keep the Bengals in this game. But unfortunately, despite how well the defense generally played in this game, and if you just looked at the box score, you might not think so, there were a lot of injuries in this game that are going to have long-term effects for the Bengals. DJ Reader left the game with a knee injury. He was very quickly ruled out. Trainers on the field were working on his left knee. That looks like it could be serious. We'll have to keep an eye on it and see if we learn anything else. But the initial fear with any knee injury for a big man is obviously pretty scary. Sam Hubbard left the game with a left elbow injury. He used that left arm to break his fall on a legal cut block. He kind of came down on it a little hard, a little funny. You hope that one isn't long-term, but he did not come back into the game. And while we're on the topic of injuries, this one on the offensive side of the ball, A.J. Green was doubtful to return with a hamstring injury reportedly, and he did not come back into the game. There's some controversy around what A.J. Green may or may not have said on the sideline. He does not seem to be very happy. 
An interception that went over his head to Marcus Peters showed A.J. Green not really in the play, unable to find the football. Looked like he was a little bit confused trying to chase down the interception afterwards, at some point diverting his path from Marcus Peters, and his attention was elsewhere. But rough game for A.J. Green, who caught zero of his targets, and the one went for an interception. And overall, just a really miserable day for the offense. Joe Burrow takes seven sacks. For 48 yards lost, he threw an interception of his own that we just talked about over A.J. Green's head, really sailing the ball when there was a free runner up the middle right in his face, throwing off his back foot, trying to just not take a sack there, and A.J. Green never found the ball. Not that I think he could have made a great play on it anyway, but he might have been able to break up the interception. He also had two fumbles, both of those coming after he initially stepped up to evade pressure from the outside and just held onto the ball a little bit too long. Got hit from the back in both cases, and in two cases, the ball came out. In one of those cases, the Ravens fell on it. In the other, Joe Mixon was able to chase it down and swat the ball out of bounds so that the Bengals can maintain possession. But really, after the first couple of drives of the game, and the Bengals elected to receive in this one, ostensibly to get up on the Ravens early, force the Ravens to try to pass the ball a little bit more, take away the running game a little bit, didn't work out the offense. After I said, bring on the blitz because Joe Burrow has been great against the blitz all year and the Ravens haven't been able to really get pressure without the blitz. Looks like something that might go the Bengals way, but the Bengals just couldn't get their protection rules ironed out. There were too many free rushers in the A and B gaps right up the middle in Joe Burrow's face. There's really no chance for a quarterback at that point. And unfortunately, even when the Ravens didn't blitz, the tackles had issues today. And when Joe Burrow had to step up, well, the guards also had issues today. Every time he tried to step up with pressure coming around the edge, he stepped up into the back of one of his guards. And that led to a litany of sacks, a litany of hits. And the Bengals essentially waving the white flag on their last drive of the game, just running the ball to kill the clock. They kicked a field goal with something like 30 seconds left in the game. Didn't matter at all that point, but... They were just sick of seeing Joe Burrow get hit, and they made a business decision to protect the future of the franchise. Really, uh, about as bad an offensive game as I've seen from this Bengals team under Zach Taylor, and they had some really bad games last year too, but I've never seen this many throws have to come out hot. I've never seen the offensive line this confused with pressure, simulated pressures, really terrible day for the offense, bad day for injuries, But the silver lining really is that the defense played well. The scoreboard doesn't reflect that. They had some issues early with Mark Andrews getting loose in man coverage from Von Bell. They had some issues on a Devin Duvernay reverse on a big J.K. Dobbins run. And you can't take those big plays away. But outside of that, they really did play quite well. Lamar Jackson finishing just 19-37 for 180 yards with three should have been picks. Not a good day for that Baltimore offense, but... The Bengals offense just couldn't do anything with it. And as a result, the Bengals final score, 27 to three. Coming up next, James will join me to get through the rest of our recap of this tough day to be a Bengals fan, really, where Zach Taylor says, don't hit the panic button in his press conference. And well, it's hard to really feel that as a fan right now, but we'll finish up our recap and get a little bit deeper on some of these topics coming up next. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're those corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, 
They're always giving back and making a difference and going that extra mile to support us in our community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. James has finished up his press conferences with the Bengals coaches and players. He's now with me on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. James, as we do on Sundays, I've given my initial summary, my initial takeaways. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording. I thought the defense played mostly well. I thought that pretty much everyone on the offense played pretty poorly. Where's your initial takeaways? Where's your head at right now? Well, honestly, and, and yeah, I agree about the defense overall. But they didn't come up. They didn't come to play. Neither side. And, and the, the game plan defensively, obviously, was pretty decent. I think Lamar was a little hobbled by that knee, and I, Logan Wilson referenced that in his post game. But to me, how did you start? Well, you started by allowing Lamar to do exactly what Lamar wants to do, which is throw over the middle, hit his tight end. Uh, and he, he got into somewhat of a rhythm, even though the numbers never really looked good for him. It was enough because your offense was awful. And, and that's the key here is neither unit really showed up in that first quarter. And when it's 17 nothing, the game is over. It's done because the offense was never going to be able to post big plays. Uh, they didn't show really any signs of that. And that has a lot to do with protection and protection issues, which at this stage, I know a lot of people are talking about Jim Turner. At this stage, it's, it's Zach Taylor, too. And we need to have that conversation, and I'm sure we will this week. But it was an embarrassment. It, it's, it's embarrassing when you come out and that's the way you perform. And I get it. The, the Ravens are a really good team, and you know it's a, a, a small margin of error for winning the game. Was anyone expecting them to win the game? No, it was, let's see where they're at. Let's see if they can compete. Let's see if they can slow down the Ravens. And so, yeah, credit to the defense, Jake. But if they had came out possession number one and done that, then, man, it it, would have changed things a little bit, you know? And and so that's the thing that I'm looking for is, can this team find a way where the offense and the defense are both clicking relatively early because even last week against the Jags, you know, they, they went three and out after that interception, things like that can't happen. And when they went, they had the big play to sample uh, on the first play, the offensive play of the game. And then they go three and out after that, right? They don't get another first down. And I was like, uh Oh, and, and you kind of knew midway through the first quarter that that, that was going to be the ball game. And that's what you were dealing with. And it stinks because there's uh you know, there's a, still a lot of issues. And the worst part about this game isn't the loss, Jake. It's the, the injuries. And that that's the the thing that's going to hurt the most is the after effects mm-hmm. of this 27-3 loss. Look, the Ravens are great. I think they might have the most talented roster in the league. But I wanted to see a better showing. Unfortunately, you didn't get that, and you, you have a bunch of injuries as well. 
It did take the defense some time to adjust. So before we get to the injuries, this is usually the part of the show when we go drive by drive and kind of you were reflecting on, well, if the defense had come out earlier or if the offense, you know, the Bengals take the ball first for some reason, a decision that I'll never agree with. And and the, the idea there is get points, try to try to say, you know what, we're going to try to get a lead early and, and we're going to try to make this into a shootout. And of course, the offense never gets going. But to your point, while the defense did eventually settle in and maybe there were some good adjustments there, the Ravens' first few drives, six plays, 52 yards field goal, 15 plays, 62 yards touchdown. I think that's the drive when they go five of five on third down, mm-hmm. including three completions to Mark Andrews and Von Bell's man coverage. And and then that there was an adjustment there, actually, that you see later on in the game. They go back to Andrews a couple times. And it's not just Von Bell singled up in man coverage. So so you credit the adjustment. And then they get it back after Joe Burrow interception. And it's just two plays, 31 yards, and a touchdown. So the beginning of this game just goes off the rails for the Bengals, right? You go punt, turnover on downs, interception, fumble. And and then after you after one of those fumbles, the Ravens turn it over on downs, and you have an opportunity. You're, you're already down 17-0. You have an opportunity to say, you know what? At least this might be a game at that point. And instead, the Bengals go minus four yards punt. And and then you get an interception a couple of drives later. You get the ball back after the pick. You go three plays, four yards, punt. And when you have that kind of start to a game, I mean, it was 17-0 at halftime, and you just never felt like the Bengals really had a shot. Zero shot. Zero. And that That's the part. We talked about it so much. And against the Ravens, there are a few teams that, that are like this. And, and when you look at them and their defense and what they bring and how they're going to dial up the blitz and the way they can run it, 17 nothing. that's it. It's over. The game and, was over in the first quarter. And what's crazy is it didn't have to be. If the offense was doing anything in this game, sure. the defense after – the uh the the second touchdown the defense goes turnover on downs punt interception end of drive miss field goal the ravens come out of halftime they go punt punt field goal punt the 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 defense to their credit clamped down but the offense just couldn't get anything going and if at any point they had the ability to figure out the blitz or hold on to the damn football when Marlon Humphrey and, and Patrick Queen and whoever else is trying to rip it out of your hands, well, may, maybe this could have been a game. I, I didn't think the offense was going to struggle to this extent. There were trends going into this game. I said, bring on the blitz. Joe Burrow has been very good against the blitz. Baltimore's defense has struggled a little bit in the first four games of the season. And we talked about this being a litmus test. Are the Bengals going to be a get right team? I would say the Ravens got right today. Yeah, yeah, they did. They certainly got right. And look, again, I wasn't expecting a win here. I just wanted to see a better showing. And I I think the thing that worries me the most, there was a play, and I'm pretty sure it was in the first half. Bro got hit while he was throwing, and he's holding his arm, and he's getting back up, and then he's getting hit again. And look, he's used to making plays. He's going to continue to try to extend plays. That doesn't mean he's going to throw it up for, you know, for easy interception stuff for Marcus Peters like he did on, on the one-third down. But that's a play, and you mentioned it. It's a free runner. 
can we avoid these free runners? Like, why is it so hard? And I, I mean, when I say we, I'm talking for the bank because this coaching staff, this offensive line and, and this offensive minded head coach, can you solve this? Because I can watch a lot of NFL football and not see five free runners on seven plays. And it feels like Burrow has to deal with that a lot, way too much, way too frequently. And I hate it because that isn't Bobby Hart's fault necessarily. Sometimes it is. But but the offensive line takes all the blame. And at some point, this coaching staff needs to just eliminate that. And by the way, r- random other thing, uh, the Alex Redmond train, two penalties in the first half. Awful. Oh. That uh, came off the rails a bit. So, uh, yeah, just j- just a lot. I know that was a random thought, but just I- I'm tired of the free runners. Can we can we eliminate eliminate those? It's, it's an issue with setting the protection. It's an issue with the rules of protection for this offensive line. I, I mean, anybody who's ever coached an offensive line, who's ever looked at an offensive game plan, says that if, if there's going to be a free runner at the quarterback, which sometimes there is, sometimes they bring six and you have five into block. Where should that runner be? It should be coming from the edge. It should never be the A gap, the B gap. And that was just way too frequent in this game. And and credit Wink Martindale, I guess, the, the Baltimore defensive coordinator. PFF says that he blitz 59% of Joe Burrow's dropbacks. That's a staggering number. They got pressure on 47% of Joe Burrow's dropbacks. 18 dropbacks under pressure, seven sacks, three turnover-worthy plays, including those two fumbles and that interception. And and they they just couldn't get him time with the blitz coming. They couldn't get it protected properly. And it's sad because there were there were a few glimpses, second half mostly, and, and actually the first couple drives of the game, when he actually did have time on a couple plays, and, and he was mostly good when he had time. But you can't be giving up pressure on 47% of the dropbacks, whether that's Burrow's fault, whether that's the offensive line's fault, whether that's the coaching staff's fault. It's probably somewhere in between all the all three of those things. You're 100% right that it needs to get fixed, and, and this coaching staff needs to just think, man, what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you even saw it, right? At the end of the game, they just run the ball. They're like, you know what? We're not going to get Joe hit anymore. We're going to run the clock out. There were pleas on Twitter, and I, I, I still think I disagree with them. But there's certainly a, an argument can be made. Get Joe out of the game. Yeah, and, and it's like, damn it! Like, how are we here? Like, you guys are supposed to be this offensive, uh, innovative offense in, in this staff of of literally Zach Taylor's offensive mind is why he got the job. But let's call it like it is. And. I, I think he has done a good job of keeping the locker room together and leading to a degree. I, I, I agree. I think they buy into him. But that's not why he got the job it, because of that track record. It was because offense, because of working with Sean McVay, and, and because of what he could bring. Well, now I need you to bring it because you're 1-7 in seven in the AFC North. You, you had a, a defense that, again, for the most part, even though I was critical earlier in this segment, for the most part played well, and your offense couldn't do a damn thing. And it's not the first time we've seen this. We saw it against the Chargers the first half, week one. And that was the offensive line. That was pass issues. But we, we chalked that up to, oh, it's week one, no preseason. Okay, well, what about now? It's week five. Are we just going to chalk it up to, oh, the Ravens are really good? Well, what happens next week when the Ravens don't have that type of impact on the team they play? And they haven't previously in, in most of their games, all their games this year. And that's the thing. 
is 17 nothing with this quarterback should never feel like it's over. But damn it, it felt like it was over, and there were still three quarters left. And that's on Taylor. That's on Turner. That's on Callahan. That's on the offensive minds on this team and these coaches to get that fixed because that can never and should never be the case. They've got to figure out better protection rules. They've, they've got to – They were try, so what happened was they were trying to dictate what Baltimore's defense was going to be able to do, right? As, as you do, they try to dictate the defense with their formations, and Baltimore said, you know what, we don't care what you're going to do with your formations. We're going to trick you. We're going to get the free rushers, and it worked. The, the Baltimore Ravens defense was one step ahead of the Bengals offense for a vast majority of the game. But we, we should talk a little bit about the defense. I did think that the defense played pretty well. I think we need to talk about A.J. Green a little bit too. We should make sure we wrap up those injuries. So let's, let's wrap up uh, a tough day. I, I think I've said it three times now. A tough day for the Cincinnati Bengals and their fans. And we'll wrap up our recap coming up next. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves, but Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. It's as easy to going to getroman.com slash locked on and completing an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash locked on to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for $50 off your first month of ED treatment. Again, at GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. We talk about Bill Barr all the time on Locked On Bengals, and why wouldn't we? There's 18 amazing flavors, and this is exactly what you need to kick your butt into gear. You're probably trying to shed a little bit of that quarantine weight. I know I felt myself in that same position Built Bar has helped me. They have six new flavors from caramel brownie to cookies and cream, apple almond crisp, and the originals, my favorite original, mint brownie. So there's something for everyone. And the best part about Built Bars, not only their great taste, but they're macro friendly. So you're going to get a protein packed bar that tastes great and is low in sugar and doesn't blow up your macros and is easy to eat, whether it's a midday snack at the office or a post-workout snack as well. All you got to do right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Jake, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Adriel Jeremiah Green, targeted once, interception, wasn't a factor again, and uh, there were some speculation, or there was some speculation, that he said, quote, just trade me on the sidelines as CBS was doing its its feature, where they put the camera on AJ. He had just been, I, I guess he was doubtful at that point. Mm-hmm. He hadn't been declared out, but he was doubtful with the hamstring. And people picked up on that, and you know we have the professional lip readers on Twitter. I don't know if he said that or not. 
Here's what I do know. The dude didn't look like like he got open at all on Sunday again. That's five straight weeks. And now he's out with a hamstring injury. Uh, You know, potentially, I I don't know how long it could be or how serious it is. But if it kept him out for, you know, the final two two quarters or so, I would expect it to to linger into next week and and maybe more than that. And, I mean, if you were hoping to trade A.J. Green, which I know you weren't, but I know there were some people that were, I, I think that that kind of goes out of the window a little bit if he's now nursing a hamstring injury, now heading into the trade deadline week. And the thing is, I'm not I'm not going to speculate about what he said on the sideline either. If he said trade me, who knows if he even meant it, as you talked about when we weren't recording. People say stuff in, in the heat of battle, in the heat of, of sporting contests, and they don't always mean it. And, and we don't know what the context was. We, we don't know if that's even what he said, but you can, you're not even going to get anything for him at this point if that is what he said. It's just been a disappointing season for AJ, whether he's been hurt all year, which some people are now speculating he's been trying to play through it, or he's just hit that point coming off injuries, or he's just rusty, whatever it is. It's been tough for him. And, you know, the, the, the saddest thing about it is that's not even the injury I'm most upset about today. DJ mm-hmm. Reader potentially, or, or likely, I guess, out for the year with what's been reported as a quad injury. It was initially reported as a knee injury, so probably quad uh, attachment site at the knee. That's the issue there, probably a, a tendon thing. I'm, I'm speculating, but given the information we have, it's something like that, and whatever it is, it's season ending. So that... Has, has been more upsetting to me today than, than the AJ injury, which I think speaks to AJ's current quality of play, his current fitness, his current contribution to this team. I agree. The reader one's certainly more significant. <laughs> and it, it stinks because you just get Atkins back. Clearly wasn't ready to make a huge impact this week, uh, You know, which is one of the many things we can talk about. But you wanted to see reader and Atkins kind of get in there and, and start to, to roll here. And, and that's what they're going to need. You know, you, you look at, at what's next, the Colts. After that, the Browns, two teams that are going to run the ball and, and play good defense and re- really try to be physical with you in the middle there. And having those two guys was going to be huge. And, and you got to or you were hoping to see uh, some improvement in the trenches from this group. And instead, being a Bengals defensive tackle is like being cursed right now. They cannot stay healthy. I mean, Josh Tupo made the smartest decision in the damn world by opting out because he's the only one that's going to – it feels like it's going to avoid injury. Mike Daniels is on IR. DJ Reader soon to go on season-ending IR potentially. You, you got Rennell Wren who suffered uh, that quad injury in training camp. Think about it. Ryan Glasgow. It, it's it, The list goes on and on and on. So it, it seems like almost every week I'm writing, here are three defensive tackles that the Bengals could consider. Well, guess what's going to happen this week? Here are three more defensive tackles that the Bengals here are going to have to consider now because Geno Atkins is going to need a bit. So you're banking on Christian Covington and, you know, Amani Bledsoe, who I think has actually played all right, but you can't be banking on him for significant stats every week. I mean, it's just there's uh, that's a huge loss not having DJ Reader. And then the other thing, Sam Hubbard mm-hmm. ruled out for the game. We don't know. You know what that is, you know, if, from a, a significant standpoint, hopefully it is just the game. But when you're rolled out that quick, and it was a left elbow, by the way, when you're rolled out that quick, which reader was, 
that's kind of scary. And hopefully Hubbard, it's it's nothing too serious. Yeah, I saw the Hubbard play live and and you can kind of he gets a he gets cut block which is legal nothing dirty about it and he goes to break his fall with his left arm and, and he immediately grabs at the left forearm and runs off the field so you hope it's not too serious obviously zach taylor didn't comment about it in his press conference that he didn't have any more information and you just hope for the best because as you mentioned they've just been absolutely destroyed along that defensive line in terms of health in terms of attrition just a a, a brutal look for for the defensive interior and not just that but but all the free agents that the Bengals signed at this point Mackenzie Alexander hasn't played for two weeks Trey Waynes whose name I just forgot there for a half second hasn't played all year and now DJ Reader goes on to the IR I mean Xavier Suofilo yeah Xavier Suofilo great point there's another one so so all of the really significant moves that they made in free agency besides Von Bell at this point. I mean, put the guy in bubble wrap. Are the Bengals ever going to spend in free agency again? I mean, it feels like this always happens when they go out and bring guys in. They cannot let this impact that. <laughs> One cannot impact the other. because if, they, not. If, if, if number nine is going to uh, reach his full potential over the next couple of years, then you're going to have to spend. And you're going to have to spend a lot, and you're going to have to be aggressive. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope that that doesn't have uh, you know anything to do with the other stuff. But honestly, Jake, you know what I, I'm, I'm worried about now moving forward now? No AJ. It, it, from that standpoint, it, you know, if there is no AJ, we don't know. He could be back next week. Uh, he, he also might have been like, you know what? My hamstring is a little tight. It's been tight, and we're getting our heads kicked in. I don't think he would do that, but you never know. Anyways, this team has no deep threat at all. Nothing. Mm-mm. Like not not even a semblance of one. Like T Higgins led the, the had the longest catch of the day, 26 yards. What what are they going to do to stretch the field and scare defenses? If I'm the Colts, I'm going to just be physical with these guys and I'm going to say, "All right, beat us deep." And I can the Bengals show that without the defensive line getting to Burrow ahead of, you know, in that that amount of time? I don't think so. DeForest Buckner next week from Indianapolis. <laughs> is, is going to be a scary guy for this offensive line to deal with. And, and there's a blueprint here, right? Like you, you send blitzes 60% of the time and an offense doesn't adjust. That's insane. When, when you see that a team blitzes that much, you expect there to be some big plays for the Ravens to get bit in the ass at some point from just sending relentless blitzers. And it just didn't happen. It just, they never got punished. And, and this team needs to figure out how to punish that quickly or that's all they're going to see for the rest of the year. And, and man, our defense is going to love that. Real quick, want to shout out Darius Phillips' game. We haven't talked enough about some of the positives in this game. Darius Phillips as a blitzer specifically was a, was a nightmare for Lamar Jackson. Almost had an interception when he got up and batted a ball down. Had a couple of hits, forced some, forced some bad throws. And if I'm giving out a game ball, it, it might be Darius Phillips for that alone. <laughs> That's fair. I, because there aren't many game balls to go around like there were last week. So, yeah, you, I'm fine with giving it to Darius. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow after having some time to digest this game. Take a look at some of the snap counts. I'm pretty sure Geno Atkins is only out there on third downs in pass rushing situations, for example, and we'll get a chance to verify some of that, verify uh, some of some things on tape as we have some time to go back and 
I don't know, subject ourselves to this game again? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see at this point. Until next time, Bengals fans, it's on to Indy. day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.